Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. We've been married 30 years. Actually, we were married 25 years, divorced, separated for one year, ping pong back and forth, and then got married again. Got married again, just recently. We were together one year before he went to the military, came back from boot camp, and after that, he asked me to marry him the following year. You mean the first time I saw her? Okay, I'll let him say that. That was on me, because the first time I saw her, I was walking in the hall in high school, and I was like, ooh, who is that? And I had a girlfriend at the time, and we broke up shortly after, and I was in search for her. I'm like, where'd that girl go? Couldn't find her. And I'm like, man. You saw me at the locker room. I, I saw you at the locker. At the locker. Putting the books in the locker. And I was like, man, where's that girl? And I'm looking for her. Can't find her. School year ended. I'm like, man, next school year, looking for her. And I had a plan. I'm like, I don't care who I'm meeting. If I find that girl this time. Oh, God. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so so um, I, I, I moved away. Yes. I moved away for a year, so that's why I was gone. Ghost. Then I came back. Mm -hmm. So I went off to college in uh, Boston. I went to Northeastern University in Boston. And I came back. I was visiting one of the principals that basically kept me together in school. Standing in the hall, I'm like, there she goes. I'm like, she was walking <laughs> with this kid. And I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't know if he's dating her, so let me just let it go. And then... And my brother was in our homeroom. Yeah, he has five brothers. And so, so my younger brother was in our homeroom, and the whole time I'm trying to find out who this girl is, and he's they're in the same homeroom. Mm -hmm. So, my sister had a birthday party. I, I come walking in the backyard, and I'm like, there she is. I brought his sister, Sweet Sixteen, with some <laughs> other friends. I didn't know it was him, so I showed up at his at his house. And then he spotted me there, and he's just kind of, you know, trying to do the little, I was know, trying to get my rap on. Trying to get his rap on, and he's like, hey, you want to dance? Nope. And then, <laughs> so I asked, I had to go to the bathroom, and they had a porter potty outside. So I was like, I have to go to the bathroom, and he let me in the house, and not everyone was able to use the house. So oh, yeah. I had my plan going. I, I got a chance to get in the house, and I know his parents were like, who's this girl going in the house? And everybody's supposed to be outside, so. I ended up going in the house and um, came back out, and he was still trying, trying, trying. And at that point, I just was like, nope, 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 mm -hmm. and then I left. I tried to get the number, nope. I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I'm like, she don't know who I am. I'm like, what's the right. deal? Right, he was Mr. Big, big, big Timer. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I guess I was somebody then. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I was somebody but until when, I got turned down like four times in one night. And then when did we finally? Well, I, I st the connection started to come together and I found out who your younger sister was. And I always kept asking, where's right. your sister? Where's she was a sister? cheerleader. So Every time I saw her, her at a game or something, where's yeah. your sister? And she kept saying, Todd's asking about you, Todd's yeah. asking about you. Todd's asking about you, I'm like, really? Oh yeah, Todd's like, where are you? Because I wasn't really into the you know, the cheerleading and, and uh, um, you know, football and all that stuff, so I never really attended all that. And somebody tried to hook us up 
that never happened. Mm -hmm. And then one day, I was so bold, because I ended up with your number, his brother gave me the number. I was so bold, it was um, New, Year's. New Year's Eve, and I was like, I'm gonna call Todd Taylor. <laughs> so I call him like I'm some grown, grown up, and mind you, I'm only uh, like, what, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And so I call him up, and, and his brother answers, and I'm just trying to like be cool about it, and he, all of a sudden he goes, do you want to speak to my brother? Hold on. I'm like, no. You know, so then he, next thing you know, here goes Todd. Hello? And I froze, but I eventually said, hey, you know, would you like to come over for a drink? Like, really? Like, for apple juice? <laughs> and he came. He had his father's van and him and about six other friends. They were all going to go out somewhere. He was going to some party. So he shows up with about six other friends, but they all stayed in the van, and then he came in, and then basically, um, you know, hey, how you doing? Got the number. Got the number. The following week, we ended up going on our first date to the movies, and we saw, I think, Rocky One. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we had Chinese food, and she was acting like she wasn't hungry. Oh, yeah, I don't think I even ate that night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the military was 85 and she just she just found out recently in the conversation that I pushed my my date to go to basic training back until after she graduated so I was like no I'm not going to adjust the date so I can be there for yeah. the graduation I didn't so know that she was, was like, like oh that's sweet I was like that's nice um so I did uh two months basic training in Alabama two months advanced training at the same facility and when I was there I knew I was like okay if she still there when I get back then I'm going to marry her and I brought a ring mm -hmm. it was a little diamond you got like, <laughs> like is there a diamond in there <laughs> I brought a ring from the commissary I wasn't expecting that yeah and then and I, I was even doing some inquiring I was talking to my dad and I'm like have you seen Alicia he's like seen Alicia He's like, she's here all the damn time. We can't get rid of her. I'm like, really? You know, he's like, yeah. He's like, she's pretty much here. So I was like, wow. I'm like, okay. So, I was over there with his sister and his family. I love his family. So I was there a lot. I felt comfortable being there even without him. You know, so I think that was like August to December mm -hmm. of, of um, 1985. 85. 86. And then um, he came back in December, he gave me an engagement ring. I said, yes. And then that March, we got married. 1987. Of 1987. And we did it quickly because we were supposed to go abroad to the, you know, um, as a military family. And then um, we ended up not going and doing that. So we just stayed here in the States and States started as a young family. I was 19. 21. 21, 19 and 21. Babies. Thinking we know it all. Didn't mm -hmm. know anything. We thought. <laughs> that was a wake-up call. Yeah. You know, I, I I was so I was so young, I kind of even wanted to like get out of my house. And, you know, I thought that this was I love Todd and everything, but I thought, you know, I'm gonna be married. I wanna be a married woman. And, you know, people kind of discouraged me, but that's what I wanted. And we ended up in a small apartment, a very small basement apartment, and everything was used. We had used furniture from everywhere, which was, you know, people were giving us stuff. We couldn't afford anything. We ended up buying a car with our wedding money, 
And um, it was hard because Todd was used to being kind of, you know, the single guy, you know, um, again, the popular guy. And so he was always out, you know, always out at the basketball court or always, you know, kind of doing something. I'm like, you know, you're married now, <laughs> you know, and yeah. he just didn't see that. And then he kind of thought that I was kind of nagging and, you know, kind of getting into his, his life. I'm like, well, you know, I am part of your life now. And he couldn't see that, you know, because he I, just... I came from independence. Right. A lot of independence. As long as I did well in school, I was the golden child in my house. So coming into a marriage was totally new, even with, you know, because the fact of the matter is you, you need to answer to your wife. And I'm like, answer to my wife. I'm like, I'm, I'm gone. You know, and all of my friends were single. Everybody, so I everybody we knew was single. Lived like a single guy that was that was married, and none of my friends were smart enough to say, "Why are you hanging out with us? You need to go home to your wife." Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, the, so they encouraged you to yeah. be out with them and hang out with them and do yeah. whatever that they did as singles. You the know, single man life. and um, so it was hard because I was alone a lot. And Todd was doing a lot of things. I don't know if we did a I lot. Was a workaholic. Of, he's a workaholic too. So that was definitely two jobs. Good about Todd that even though he was young, he knew about providing. You know, not a lot of young guys know about that. But you know, he was always looking for, you know, the best job that he can get to make sure he took care of us. And that's one thing he always did. He always took care of us. So that was a, a good asset about Todd. But mm -hmm. then him running around was the difficult part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I don't know. I thought I thought marriage was gonna be just an extension of dating. You know, you date, you have a good time. You know, you're always at your best when you date. You know, every time I picked her up, she's beautiful, and I got this hot, sexy young lady with me. You know, um, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna go to the movies, and you know, it's, that's all it's gonna be about. So the reality came pretty quickly because um, we had Brittany. A year after the right, uh, we had first our daughter marriage. in '88. So. You know, yeah. So that's that's where the wake up call really started to come in because um, I, I don't know if you saw in the garage I have a motorcycle, and I wanted the motorcycle back then. And her cousin got killed, I think a year, a year into the marriage, on his motorcycle. Good friend, yeah. So that was really one of the first wake up calls of you can't live like a single guy in every aspect. So I, so I never bought the bike, and I thank God I didn't because I wasn't ready for it then. I probably would have killed myself on the bike too. So um, truthfully, I, I, I had no idea, you know, what, what marriage was going to be like. I didn't know. Now I hear, you know, fast forward 30 years later, you know, I hear people say, marriage takes work. It's hard. It takes work. I'm like, no, you know, that's that's a false conception. You know, society is training you to believe that marriage is extremely hard and takes a lot of work. But it takes work. But now I know it's good work. You know, it shouldn't be it tedious. Have to be hard. Yeah, it, should, it shouldn't be a strain to do good things and keep your marriage healthy. You know, and, and, and we fought, we fell into all of that. The, the, the rut. You know, not doing anything, not dating anymore, not going on vacation, um, not, you know, just, man, you look beautiful, you know, because mm -hmm. I want to hear her tell me I look sexy. You know, I'm not sexy like I used to be, but I still want to know that, you know, there's some sex appeal to me and, you know, see how she's looking at me? She's like, yeah, <laughs> she's like, yeah he's sexy. <laughs> you know, so those, those, those things you have to, you have to keep doing mm -hmm. while you're married, but I didn't, I didn't know that then. You know? I didn't know either. 
tell you the truth, I didn't, you know, I just kind of looked at what my, my parents were doing and, you know, their marriage, their marriage was sort of healthy, but, um, you know, our, our mothers died when we were young. So that was another part that became difficult. Um, my mother died when I was 12. Todd's mother died when he was 13. So both of us were motherless. Broken. So, yeah, broken and motherless. So we didn't have that, you know, that, um, you know, that motherly, um, you know, help from a parent, you know, to sort of. And, and I had a great stepmother. My, my father mm -hmm. remarried about four years after. Well, we were, we were still in New York then. And my stepmother is like, he's my star. Mm -hmm. You know, so she, you know, put me on like a pedestal. So I had that part, but at the same time, that void from my paternal mother was still yeah. missing. About two or four years ago, something like that, when, yeah. we, when we had that <laughs> aha moment. Because once, once I introduced infidelity into the marriage, I didn't know why. I just thought I was doing the single guy thing that, every, that all of my friends were still doing. But it took a lot of um, counseling over the years, you know, back and forth, to learn and to be open and honest, you know, with myself. And one of the things I realized, I was like, I was like, man, you know, because we were talking about this brokenness. And I said, we actually were broken. You know, we were still healing from our parents the loss of our mothers and then I was like man you know that's part of that void that I'm trying to fill running around because I have a beautiful wife my wife should have been enough for me you know my wife should have been enough for me but that when that void is there and when you don't have God because I was rebelling against God I didn't want to hear nothing about God I was those those false teachings. Oh, God takes good, good people. And God, God. Sometimes God does bad thing to good people. I'm like, well, what kind of God is that? You know, why would God take my mother? So I'm walking around godless, no faith, with a hole in me. And on top of that, all of my friends are single. And I was arrogant. I was arrogant. I was very cocky. I was. I'm gonna do what I want to do, and it just didn't work for the marriage. And it's not gonna work for anybody's marriage out there. Um, on our Facebook page, I had a um, statement that said, kill yourself to save your marriage. And people are kind of, hey, Todd, you okay? What's going on? <laughs> you know, kill yourself. What, What? you know, hey, man, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm like, no, it is okay. He meant kill the, the flesh. Kill the flesh. The kill flesh. the selfish man. Yeah. You know, and, and once I started to get a grasp on that, and it took me a long time. I mean, the first, let's just say the first half of our marriage was a train wreck for me. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how she's together. Me. <laughs> See, I don't want to get emotional right now, but to me, to me, I saw just watching my parents, you know, work out everything. You know, I watched my I watched my father, watched my mother die. You know, I saw my mother die in person. You know, and just watching my father break down and see the love that he had for her. You know, no matter what they went through, I saw so many, you know, issues with them throughout the years. And, I, you know, I wanted to have a strong relationship. I wanted to have one that was long lasting. And so for me, when I married Todd, I was like, this is it. This is my life. This is my heart. And we went through so much and um, I, I just stuck it out. I stuck it out. I stuck it out. But there, there were times that, you know, it was so hard on me. I finally became bold enough to say I'm done and, and I moved out.
you know, and um, came back. And then, you know, we had a long time together again. Mm -hmm. And then I moved out again, you know. So it's, it has been trying for a lot of years. Um, but just like Todd said, the last couple of years, we finally have been able to come to grips and say, okay, we're either going to be done or we're going to, you know, we're going to do it right. And we finally found some great counseling, great coaches, mentors. We were willing to put in the work in our marriage because it, it does take a lot of work and we were willing to do it. And it was, it was, it was tough. It's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's very, it's very, it was very tough. But right now, we're such in a great place right now. It's awesome. Actually, and, and actually, it's, it's been about 14 years, 15 years since we started to get on track. But even though we were, get, we were on track that far back, we still weren't healed. Yeah, there was still from, brokenness. From our past brokenness yeah. that we caused in our, in our marriage. You know, so that took time yeah. to really recognize and address because we were notorious for running or burying it under the rug. Mm -hmm. There was a, um, a big infidelity in New York um, mm -hmm. that took me 10 years to heal from. 10 years. 10 years. And we were going through the motions because yeah. with that infidelity. We left New York and came to Atlanta here um, in two, 2000. 2000. 2001. 2000, right before 9-11. Right. We came here in 2001. Oh, we came here in two, yeah. It was right before 9-11. Okay. Because I was taking you for a job interview mm -hmm. when, the, when the buildings got hit. So we came out here, and then you know you kind of think, um, you know how couples they go, let's let's move away and everything will be good. New let's place. have a baby and everything will be good. Let's get a new car and everything will be good. You know, so I think moving out here was a chance for us to start over. It, it was good, it, and it was good. But deep down inside, there was something going on still not fixed inside of me. And with that infidelity that took place. I tried to suppress it with, you know, the new location and um, growing in a new church, my new faith. And it worked for a while. It and, worked and, for and a while. I showed up differently. I mean, he, I he did. I, I changed to the point to where I didn't even want to go out. And she's like, "Could you go out somewhere? You know, yeah. Could you go get a cookie somewhere? You know." So, and, and even that adjustment was hard. Yeah. Believe it or not, <laughs> you know, because she wants she wanted me home before. And then when I was home all the time, it's like, could you go somewhere? <laughs> could you go out with yeah. one of your friends? You know, and, and I actually tried that too. Was... And I was like, no. We went, we went out to a place, one of my friends did. She ran into in the airport and basically kept hounding me to go out. I went out and I was like, no. I'm like, he's single, I'm married. I'm like, that it just doesn't work. You know, he could come to the house. We could have a beer, we could watch the game, we could barbecue, but I'm not going out into his environment because it's not conducive to our marriage. But. 15 years ago, it would have been on. I would have been out. I would have been out right out there Wait, with him. How were you dancing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, but but that that affair was so destructive. Um, it, it it was horrendous. It's it, it was the you don't want to wish it on your worst enemy. We had to experience murder through that. I, I, I was held at gunpoint with my own gun and watched the mistresses I was living with at that time killed in front of me, which she had to bear that burden to. We lost our home to our, arson. Our home was burned that. down. Then um, an innocent person was killed rushing to the fire of our house burning down because of our mess. 
And then on top of that, just, you know, dealing with past infidelities that we had in the relationship. And so when we finally got it together, it's like, man, we have to, we, we got over, I would say, we got over the past infidelities, but look at this one. Yeah, this one, that one was, as you can hear, that one was really big. It was in the paper, it was on the news, and it was hard to get through. And we had we had some counseling, and we thought that we were okay when we left New York. Yeah. We thought we were okay because the counseling was intense. Mm -hmm. And then we moved out here, and you know, swept it under the rug. Swept it under the rug. And my children would even, you know, they would kind of share with me, "Mom, you're so mean. Like, what's wrong with you?" I was very bitter. I was angry. I had unforgiveness in my heart, you know. But yet, I was in a new environment, you know, and. Um, I just thought everything would be okay. I got a new job, you know, I was a flight attendant and, you know, flying all over the place. And then I would come home and that kind of gave me separation from Todd. But um, with that happening, I didn't even like that separation. You know, me and Todd was so, we were so close that, you know, I didn't want to leave my home. I wanted to just be with him and we wanted to heal together. So being away was kind of scary, you know, but um, that was before Facebook came out. And, you know, so we were okay. We kind of felt like we hid each, we hid from everyone. And when Facebook came out, we got, you know, I was hesitant to even join Facebook. I didn't want to be part of being exposed, you know, and I was afraid. And I told Todd, you know, I don't want people to know what happened. I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed. Then little by little, you know, I started to, you know, join and then see what was going on there. We, we ended up connecting with a lot of our high school friends and things got better. Nobody questioned us or anything like that. Embraced but, us, everybody, everybody embraced us. Mm -hmm. And the people that did know, you know, they were very supportive mm -hmm. of things that, you know, that had happened. But we joined the church and things got better. Well, we got saved together. We got saved together um, with our children. Joined the church and together. we actually joined the marriage ministry of our church. Mm -hmm. From godless. <laughs> from godless to godly and, and, mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, help other couples because what I had went through, what we had went through was so, it was so devastating that we didn't want to see other couples go through that type of pain. How long were you with your mistress in New York? Um, two years, about two years. Sheesh. Yeah. And actually, he was two years on and off while he was married to me. Mm -hmm. and, and then we lived, I lived, I, we moved in together probably only, only two, three months. Two or three months before she was killed. And that was, that was one of those things too, where, you know, people do things prematurely and out of, out of stupidity and selfishness, because once I moved out, that's the best communication we started to have because everything was, it was free. There was no holding back. There was no, you know, I can't say this cause you're gonna, you know, be hurt or, you know, how, you know, um, I have to go to sleep on the other side of the bed. I, we could say what I wanted to say, or she could say what she wanted to say. I could say what I wanted to say. And we were in two different places. Mm -hmm. And that door of communication just flew wide open. And within, after three months of being there, I was like, okay, I need to go he to my wanna, own place. He didn't want to be there. And the, um, the mistress started to catch on that I guess he was coming more back to the house to see me and the kids and you know she didn't like that and um, she basically was trying to have him set up to get hurt yeah and it backfired and yeah it, it went from that to a robbery so it just it you know the negative seeds you sow can turn around and hurt you mm -hmm. 
At this point, I knew that our relationship had already ended. He moved out to be with this woman. And I said, well, I'm going to sell the house, you know, so put it up for sale. I moved to an apartment five minutes from the house so the kids could stay in the same school district. And um, he kept coming to visit me, kept coming to visit me. And within the two months, I think you moved in with her sometimes uh, in 2000 of April, something like that. And then by June, our house burned down. I had already got the apartment and the realtor called and said, your house burned down. And the fire department said it was arson. Mm -hmm. So I kind of figured, you know, is the lady that you're with, you know, setting this up? And, you know, there were some things that made us think that she did that, you know, but of course she denied it. And so I was living in the apartment again with the two kids and with the house burning down, Todd and I got even closer, Mm -hmm. you know, because that was devastating, of course. Then July, which a month later, Again, I guess you started to see that we were connecting even closer. And there was times where she would call him while he was there. And, you know, she was kind of getting demanding and things like that. And Todd kind of showed signs of wanting to come back with me. But I told him, I said, you need to get yourself together. You know, you need to move out this place, get your own apartment and start getting yourself together. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course it was complicated. And that night that he left my apartment, he ended up going back to the place where he lived, he lived with her and all hell broke loose that night. And that's how everything happened. So you know what's crazy about that too? Prior to that taking place, this lady gave her a, um, Mary a magnet. Um, right. I, um, um, mm-hmm. One of the managers at my job, when she saw the house had burnt down, she um well i told her she said what's going on i said i said i don't know what's happening something's just happening just this repetitive heaviness and sort of like demonic type of thing going on and she said you know alicia i have this coin that i got from italy and she was italian lady and she's like you know it was a mary magdalene coin and it's been blessed in italy and all that kind of stuff and she says it has I don't know. She says something about it. When I give it to people to hold on to, it has it has changed some things in their lives. Like some a parent being sick in the hospital, they recovered. You know, and there were some other stories that she shared with me. But she pulls out this coin and she says, "You hold it." And I was like, "You want me to hold it?" And she says, "I want you to hold that." And I said, "Well, how long should I hold it for?" She said, "You'll know." She said, "You'll know when to give it back to me." And every day I took this coin. I had it wrapped up in a tissue and I had it inside. Like I put it in my vizier. And right next to my heart, always prayed every day. And like, that was just kind of like a sign, you know, of my faith, just, okay, God, you know, I'm here. And when this incident happened to Todd, the police came to my job and they kind of was telling me something happened at your your husband's apartment, blah, blah, blah. And of course they didn't give me all the information because of, um, Homicide. Yeah, they're homicide. trying to figure it all out. They're trying to see, you know, what I know and all this kind of stuff. So I was so naive to it. I didn't know what was going on. But when all that happened and Todd finally came back to my to my apartment, the police drove him back to my apartment. All he had was hospital clothes on because he was he was injured as well. And it wasn't until like two weeks later, I think, I got my mail, and in one of the one of the letters was the hospital that they had taken him to that night. And it was Mary Magdalene Hospital. Mm -hmm. 
And when I saw that, it just really connected me that God was protecting him that night because he shouldn't have been here right now either. Mm-hmm. You know, they had him at gunpoint and he uh, shouldn't I, be here. Out of all the hotels in Queens. You mean hospitals? Yeah, hospitals. <laughs> out of all the hospitals in Queens, we ended up, I ended up at Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene Hospital. Mary Magdalene Hospital. Never heard of the hospital Never before. That was the charm that she was holding on her heart. Mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene. It was kind of like God letting me know. I watched him that night. All the times that you've been, you've been faithful. You've been praying for this family. You know, I was a baby in Christ at that time. That was in 2000, and I was just, you know, when you're a baby in Christ, God really he shines. You know, he'll he'll show, he'll he'll show, show out. He'll show, he'll show out because he he wants you to stay with him. And I was a baby in Christ, and. Um, he really showed me, like he literally showed me this, the hospital and the coin, you know, and I was watching him that night. Mm-hmm. In New York, that we, that was a year after we moved out here. That happened, that happened in 2000. Mm-hmm. It happened in 2000, uh, July of 2000. Mm-hmm. In New York, though, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In New York. Yes, that was in New York, <clears throat> yes. And then, so it took me, you know, 10 years to sort of get through that healing was very hard to talk about it and then 10 years later I ended up having an affair because I was still hurt and and, and I, can I explain part of that sure with, with with her having the affair 10 years later as she said the kids were like mom you're angry you're you're, you're always snappy and that was the same for me she would you know we had really good times and then all of a sudden out the blue bam she snapped like snap, crackle, pop, and I'm like, where'd that come from? You know, and that was taking place year after year after year. But I'm, I'm looking at it and going, okay, I, I deserve that. I take that. I take the low blows, and I took it for ten years. So uh, we were actually in Vegas. I don't know what year that was, but it, it was, it was ten years and after we came to Atlanta. And talking about the Vegas trip that we mm-hmm. had, that was 2010. Yeah, so so that trip was it, it started off intense. As soon as we landed, as soon as we landed, I was already like attacking, before we landed attacking. in the airport going through security. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, she's not, you know, what's going on with her? When we were going out to eat, I said, that's it. In the middle of the road, I just stopped. I said, that is it. You're not gonna lash out and speak to me like that anymore. And she was looking at me like a deer in headlights, like what? And I said, I'm tired of how you speak to me. I'm tired of how you speak to the kids. You can't. I remember I said you can't say good morning without it sounding sweet. And she was like, "Wow." And basically, I feel that at that point, I took away her protection mechanism. I took away her power. And the biggest mistake I made when I share with people is that when I took that away, I left her empty. I didn't start filling her back up. So. Lo and behold, I guess yeah. with her being so broken and empty. Um, that's how it happened. I actually met somebody and, um, you know, I ended up having an affair and and um, it came out like two years later. I was, you know, it wasn't a long term relationship, but uh, I guess I had some remnants left around and Todd found out. And uh, it was very painful for me because you don't, you know, you kind of feel like he's had a lot of affairs and women kind of think like, it's okay, well, I'm gonna do it too. But 
What I had to realize the last couple of months, the last couple of years, is that I had to own my own. I had to understand that um, he had his own issues and I had my own issues. And I had to I had to face my responsibility. And that was my responsibility to make sure that our marriage was whole and complete. And I created even more chaos and more damage, not only for us, but, you know, for myself. Mm -hmm. And that was it was just very painful for me to um, even, you know, recognize that, man, you know, why did I do this? You know, he was the last that those last 10 years, he tried to work so hard to be a better man, to be a better father, you know. And I, even at his 40th birthday, um, when we were here in Atlanta, the change that was happening with him from being part of the church and, and, and really getting mentorship from the other men that were in the church. And I said, I said, he's a man of change. And on his 40th birthday, we did a whole party based on the man of change. And he gave me everything I needed, everything I wanted, but the brokenness was in there that I couldn't even recognize mm -hmm. that he had changed. And I and I couldn't recognize it either. I just, like I said, I just absorbed it. Okay, I deserve that. He went through the motions. So that that wasn't good for us either. So that that relationship that I had, you know, ended quickly. But um, the the, res the, the residue, the residue that um, transpired after that. It was, it made a storm. That was hard for me because in the past, you know, we, we, we had our indiscretions. We, we had infidelities back and forth in the past in our relationship. But when you're not committed, it doesn't hit the same. It doesn't resonate the same. But when you're committed and you're giving your all, like she was giving her all early on. So those um, infidelities on my side affected her much more. For me, it was like, eh, whatever, you know, so even if she had a, a infidelity, I was like, eh, whatever, you know, and you, you keep going on, you know, because the love, the love we had for each other was so overpowering that even with our trash that we were bringing into the relationship, it, it wouldn't topple us, you know, finances wouldn't topple us, you know, moving, nothing would topple us, you know, and then as, as time goes on and you commit. And you really know how how important your marriage is. And now I'm finally respecting my wife. Mm -hmm. You know, like really not just saying it, but respecting it and living it and walking it. Then when that happens, it's like, oh, now I know how she feels from when she was hurting really bad before. It oh, no, 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 I knew. As soon as I found out, well, first it was like uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, when he, I just want to. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I just wanted, I literally wanted to just, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I knew, I knew right off the bat that severely was wrong that we didn't recognize, you know, it didn't stop. It didn't make it easy. It didn't stop the anger. And when she explained it to me, she said, you, I need for you to understand that I didn't think there was anything for us. I didn't have any hope. I didn't, I didn't think there was anything left. I understood because I was there. When I, I moved mm -hmm. out, I was living with somebody. I told her the same thing yeah. 10, 10, 11 years prior. So that helped me through the process of what he, yeah, what he went through. He was able to look at me and recognize 
I was in that same place. Mm -hmm. So he was able to find forgiveness quicker, a little easier, mm -hmm. and have more um, understanding where I was. You mm -hmm. know, so I, I mean, I appreciated that because yeah. it was it was just it was just rough. And, you know? and, and I'm, I'm not going to downplay it for anybody to say, oh, well, he did it. He did it. That's why. No, it was hard. It was hard. I, I knew within the first, it was either two or three weeks, I knew I had to forgive her. Otherwise, we were going to sink. And I remember she was away on a trip. So I said, at that time, she liked the Michael Kors bags. Now she's like, Henry Bendel. Now I know I could, <laughs> damn, I could go to Henry Bendel store. <laughs> so I said, let me go get her a pocketbook and um, a, Henry, uh, a Michael Kors scarf. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted her to know that I'm not just saying I forgive you. I wanted to show you that I actually had to get out of my comfort zone to go get you something. So she was like, wow, you know, but I was still he was angry. He was still angry. Was, he I definitely showed angry. signs I, I of anger. I lashed out still for probably two, three months after that, maybe mm -hmm. longer, you know. And that was because at that point, again, we were both broken. She was still broken. So now picture two people on crutches trying to go to the grocery store and shop. It's not going to be a good outcome. Mm -mm. So I would say something and she would class. Well, you did this back then. I'm like, we're not dealing with back then. We're, de mm -hmm. we're, we're dealing with this now. You know, so that was a mess. But during the time, uh, in, I forgot what year it was, in 2010, when I had met originally that guy, within about seven months later, I moved out mm -hmm. because we had tried to go to counseling. We tried to do all kinds of things. And, you know, you have to understand, too, we, we had a lot of counseling, mm -hmm. a lot throughout. We had, we throughout. had good counselors and Right, very and poor counselors. counselors. So, you know, you have the ones that are really good. But then, you know, we had infidelity. So we needed, like, an infidelity counselor. You can't just go to a counselor that's going to coach you on, you know, blended clean. children or anything like that. You know, we needed, we needed some intense counseling on what we were going through. And we just couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the last counselors we had, not the last one, but one of the ones that we had, you know, he was watching us like it was a tennis match. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> you know, just watching and not saying anything. I was like, you know, you, you're the one that has to come in here and be the mediator. And he just was just watching. And I remember Todd saying, well, you know what? I'm done. I'm finished. He gave the guy his copay. And he's like, I'm done. I'm out. And in my mind, that's what I thought. I said, wow. He said, it's over. It's done. And that was the first time that I had met that gentleman, you know, because in my mind, I thought that Todd was saying literally we were done. And so, um, you know, after I had met him and everything, it wasn't too long ago that I finally moved out. I was already off with this person, but I ended up moving out. And then um, Todd ended up rekindling with someone that he knew from the past, from, from someone high from, from, from high school. Then it was starting to get ugly. You know, because now here we are now, you know, we're still married and now we're exploring outside of our marriage, you know, separately and not trying to not figuring it out. Not trying to work on it. Not trying to work on it. Just trying to pretend. I don't even know what we were doing. We just no. going through the motions emotionally. You know, we were supposed to be trying to go through a healing process. A separation. But, but that's the, not how as it you. Out. um I was totally against the separation. I was like, no, if you, if you move out, I'm divorcing immediately. And she was like, that's not fair. I need to find myself. I need, you know, and I knew deep down inside, I'm like, okay, I, I know my wife. At this point, we're together 25 years. And I, I felt that if I didn't let her go, 
then if we did fall, then she would say, you see? I would resent him. If you would have let me go and find myself, so against my will, I said, all right. But, you know, we say these things in marriage because we're hurt and we're broken, but it's not what's really in our heart. And just like she, she said, I said, it's over in the counseling, but I didn't want it to be over. I was just angry and speaking out of my emotions. And she said she wanted to move, but lo and behold, I found out later, she didn't want me to let her leave. And I'm like, well, I'm not a mind reader. How, yeah. am I, how am I supposed to know that? You know, but I didn't know how to communicate properly and draw it out of her. You I know, actually went and found an apartment. And before I even signed the lease, I wanted to tell him first, you know, I got an apartment and I'll be signing the lease tomorrow. And I really wanted him to hear that. And he gave me nothing. He gave me nothing. We slept in separate rooms that night and I just cried. And I was like, I really wish that he would say something, but I felt like he didn't care. And so I felt like I had to go. And I got this apartment and the apartment was beautiful. You know, I had everything laid out. And that first night I was sleeping on this blow up mattress and I cried, I cried. I didn't want to leave. And I was like, well, what did I do? You know, and I just thought, you know, all right, I'm going to make this work. And I had a lot of friends who were single. Single friends? Yeah. <laughs> and then the single friends were like, do this, do that, live the life. And play the game. That's play the game. Say. You got to play the yeah, game. Yeah, they say, play the game. And mind you, I've been married, you know, 25 years. So I was 19 when I was playing games. So... Here I am, you know, at 40, 44, 45. I'm like, what's the game? <laughs> Can you tell me what the game is? I don't know what the game is. How do you play? What's the rules? And then they couldn't even, yeah, what's the rule? Where's the manual? And they're just like, do this and do that. And you should know, you'll figure it out. No, but it was crazy out there. It was crazy out there. And, and nothing for nothing, it devoured me. You know, that life devoured me. And um, never want to go back there mm -hmm. again. And, and it's hard, too. That's why, like, if you have a controlled separation, if a, if somebody has to be separated, I'm like, OK, but I don't advise it at all, you know, because separate doesn't mean come together. You're going to further grow apart. Yeah. And you start opening the door for all of those other things out there that's just lurking and waiting. Especially when you have a lot of, you know, oh, a lot of friends. outsiders, outsiders, period. Because even even some married people, you know, if their marriages are not oh. great, they're going to influence you in their way, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's OK to do that. It's OK to do that, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, you know, we just I had to just figure it out along the way. It was it was right when I moved into that apartment. I had um, I had been there a couple of months, and you know I started doing the thing that everybody was telling me to do: the game, playing the game. And then um, you know Todd was kind of getting hints that you know I don't think I was being serious about wanting my own time to heal. He 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 kind of felt like okay, I see what she's doing. She's trying to get her freedom. Well, I, I, I know game. You know mm -hmm. you talk about the master of game. So I yeah. Knew the game when the game was coming across on the other side and I was like mm, we don't need to play that game because with, with my company I'm all over the place um, and I said you don't need me to walk in some place while you're out on a date when I'm coming mm -hmm. for a business meeting or a pre-bid inspection or something like that I said trust me you don't want that to happen it's in not going to be good small. for you it's not going to be good for me 
and it may not be good for that person, <laughs> that innocent person, and our family in general. So that's when we, I said, you know what? I think it's best we just openly date. So avoid all of the drama. And then basically you said we should just get a divorce, but I think you got upset about it all and you just was like, well, we just need mm -hmm. to get a divorce. I was, I was out of town and I was driving home because at one time you were telling me all these things that she needed. And I'm like, that's not me. And two for the matter, I, I said, that sounds like a gay man. What you're asking for, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, and uh, all the brothers that I spoke to at church, every single one of them said the same thing. Like, I guess I was describing a guy, you know. Much more sensitive, much more sensitive, much more, I guess, in touch with his feminine side instead of the A alpha I don't type know. of guy. But, but that's what was coming across. But I remember that night, I was driving home from South Carolina from the project we were doing out there. And we were talking and she was running down all these reasons why I'm not the person for her. And I remember I was driving and I was tearing because I remember I was trying to keep my focus on the road. And I said, okay. I said, I said, all right, if you know, if that's if that's how you really feel, then I will bring the papers tomorrow. I said, I'm gonna bring the papers tomorrow. And I had them because we had put on pause, divorce, but the papers were fit were basically in the computer. Mm-hmm. System, yeah. So I printed them out and signed them and brought them to her. And he like, brought yeah. them to my apartment and he just was like, sign here, sign here, sign here. And it was just kind of like a shock, like, we're really doing this. And we never got divorced before, so we thought, okay, we're probably going to go to the courthouse. The judge is going to ask us why and maybe convince us not to do it. You know, my mind, I'm thinking about all this stuff that's getting ready to happen. And literally two months later, I got a letter in the mail and it said, you're divorced. And I literally just, I was moving out of my apartment, moving into, um, gonna go live with my sister. And the day that I was moving, I opened up this letter and I was sitting on the floor in my living room, you know, boxes and everything. And that was the last thing I needed that day. It said, you are officially divorced. And I was like, whatever happened to going to the court and talking to the, you know, the judge and everything. And, and it was done because our, our divorce was so simple. You know, we didn't have to split things and we had older kids. So it was, it wasn't difficult and mm -hmm. it just happened like that. And I think I remember calling him and he even was emotional. He was like, we're divorced already. I said, yeah, Todd, we are. And we just, I cried. And then, um, I think you were saying how you were crying. We were both, I think you were crying too. He was crying over the phone. I can hear him. It was, it was just done. And then we hung up and tried to live our life. And we just again, never, we never got, the, at least on my part, I never got the happiness because even I, I explained to him one time, even with, um, you know, having somebody that really wanted to get settled down with me. I told him one time, I remember when I pull out the driveway, by the time I hit the end of the driveway, I'm already in a bad place because that's not where my heart really was. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were a lot of suitors, you know, you know, trying to date me and, and I went on dates and things like that. Some of them were interesting, some of them weren't, but you know, all in all, it just, it just wasn't Todd. You know, it just wasn't Todd. We had this, I guess, unusual relationship. And you know, even though a lot of people might not agree with it, or they might say, you know, even on, on this show, you know, ah, she needs to leave him, or man, he needs to leave her. But 
Um, well, that's that's what society teaches us. Because if you break down the marriage, you break down society. Yeah. So that's what you know. You know, like she said, she looked at her mother and father, and they would they would work and work and work on things. And that's part of um, the problem with society today. They don't want to do any work. I mean, they don't want to do work for anything. You know, the younger generation, mm -hmm. and it's it's a microwave. They want put it in the microwave, hit the button, I'm I'm done. Mm -hmm. And even even with our kids, you know, my son works for me, and he's like. I want to run projects. And I'm like, you just got on the job. I'm like, you don't know anything about, how are you going to supervise and run projects? You know? And I'm like, uh, they want it, they want it they, done they, in a day. They want it done. You know, so they don't want to work on anything. Like we were able to, even after the divorce and people told us, well, people told her, nobody was bold enough to tell me, <laughs> just forget about it. What, me that you were coming back? No, to leave her. You know, don't be a fool. That's foolish or whatever. People, mm -hmm. people would tell her. That. Yeah, they did. You know, despite family, children, how long we've been together, what we built, just walk away from it. Everybody said, um, I used to hate this. They would say, oh my God, there's going to be guys lining up for you. Like that's supposed to excite me. There's going to be guys lining up for you. Somebody's going to sweep you up. And I hated that because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be that girl on the TV show with the rose, like picking that <laughs> one the 30 guys in front of me and, you know, selecting and all that. I just didn't want any of that. So um, no matter how many times I dated and, and, you know, had some interest in somebody, I always found a way to just end it. Oh yeah. And Todd was one of the notorious for that too. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what'd you say? Oh, so I, I apologize. <laughs> Done. Oh, you know, and, and this, this one girl that I really was interested in, I remember her saying, boy, you speak so highly of your wife. And if your wife has it all, go, all going on like that, why don't you just go back to her? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I, maybe that's what I need to do. Click. We used to do that a lot. I mean, at least I did. When I was on dates, I used to constantly talk about him. Oh, my husband, my and like husband. And I'm like, yeah, I call him that all the time. I mean, he's been my husband for 25 years, so he's still my husband. They're like, no, you're divorced. I'm like, it's my husband. Like, oh, I never stopped calling him my husband. And people would just stop me because mm -hmm. like, I didn't even realize mm -hmm. it, you know. And then, um, you know, I would just find something and like, no. Well, we got divorced in uh, two, uh, 10, 11, 2012, we got divorced and we just got married last month. So we're 2017 now. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we lived together four years prior to here, four years mm -hmm. prior to the wedding. Yeah, um, we did. We did um, move back in together and tried to work it out. Ooh, well, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I think the the entire time we were ping-ponging back and forth, you know, we were straddling both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. um, what are you doing? You know, yeah. then I would drive over to, because I moved out, so he was in our, our home. And then I would kind of like show up like, in my holy jeans like, and my Uggs and- Always looking good. Always, like, you know, always had to look good. Making it hard, like, you know? And, and I would walk in and he would, you know, he'd be doing something in the house, you know, working on the house and, <laughs> hey. You know, yeah. I mean, like, why are you looking at me like that? He's just like, nothing, nothing. You know, so it was like little stuff like that. 
I and then I didn't have that high pitched voice. Yeah, said, nothing, nothing. yeah, nothing. And then um, we would just kind of like, kind of like flirt and everything. And then the flirting would end up, up into other things, and then it would end up into being romantic. You know, you know, what romantic means in the bed, <laughs> pumping and sweating. <laughs> what? Are you We're serious? Adults. Come on now. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Intimacy. Intimacy. So, um, <laughs> so silly. Hot love. So, right. Hot black love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we end up doing, you know, like that back and forth and, you know, and then he was still seeing this other person and then, you know, I didn't want to be in the middle of that and then it ended up being this cycle of something else going on there. I didn't like that. So we just had to make sure we were right, but we were yeah. kind of like back and forth. Yeah, we were ping And then the other person that he was with, you know, she really wanted to be, I guess, even have a long-term relationship and married to him. And, you know, that was difficult for me because I had to make sure that if he wanted to be with me, that our relationship was going to really be solid, going to be whole again. And I didn't want him to have those emotional, that emotional roller coaster that we've had for years, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had to make sure that this time around that he really put in the work and that I knew that our relationship can stand. And I, I felt the same way too. I was like, um, we're not just going to get married just because we were married before. We need to do it right, you know, and we need to be in the right place. Even going back and starting to put all the pieces together, like when you asked, when did you realize your mother's death was part of the, the effect? We went back to even seeing things that, hmm, my dad did that. That wasn't really appropriate. I didn't see him do any, I didn't know of any infidelities or anything, but I remember my mom saying, I see you, Randy. And I was like, but that sticks with you. And mm -hmm. then I got four older brothers. And then they're like, how many girls, you got a girlfriend? Did you kiss her? Did you do this? How many, you know, and that's like what so many guys tell other guys, you know, because they don't know better than to say, you know. Don't do that. It's quality over quantity. But so many of us as guys are taught, it's it's the quantity over the quality mm -hmm. one. So I'm like, I told my son, I'm like, you could have 10, I thought for him, you could have 10 hot chicks. You know, but it doesn't equal that one good one, mm -hmm. you know? So I try to drive that home to him now because I don't want him following my footsteps. I think, you know, his brothers liked me a lot too. There are four brothers, I said five earlier. The, his brothers liked me a lot, but um, it's what they're used to. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's what they're yeah. all used to, you know? It's, it's not that they don't like. They don't like Alicia, you know, they just we have male do your thing. It's just like right. the male code. You know, we have right. a male code that we grow up on and people are like, oh, that's not really a code. Well, it's not a written code, but it is a yeah. live, thriving male code that is out there. Right. And in all actuality, I feel that women are conditioned to, that man is gonna, a man is gonna cheat anyway because women have heard it all their life, men are dogs. Men are dogs. They like those dogs running around with their little wee-wee out, you know, and women don't get that. <laughs> you know, the little pink thing running, you know. But women don't get that. But now in today's era, this generation is probably one of the first generations where men are now being taught and conditioned that women are nothing but... Mm, easy. Holes and tricks. Easy. You know, well, I'm telling uh -huh. you, I, I, I gotta tell her how it is, I'm sorry. But that's that's how it is. That's how this generation is now getting taught that women are, you know, basically throwaway items. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, Big Sean. I ain't effing with you, little stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're getting now. And I remember even, even, even dating, I wouldn't say dating, going out with certain men, you know, some of the things that they would say to me, you know, they would just say, oh, you know, you look good. You look really good. Like turn around a second. And then, you know, they go, you look really hot, but if you lost five pounds, Mm. you be, you be the dime. I mean, horrible stuff Mm -hmm. that would just like make me insecure. And I knew that, you know. I think I was a good catch, you know, but the little things that they would say because they see so much out there and they can get so much, you know, it's mm-hmm. horrible. Power and control. Power and control. That's why so many men can't deal with a successful wife. If their wife has more success for them, next thing you know, they're trying to destroy the relationship because they mm-hmm. can't handle it. Because traditionally, the male has always been the main breadwinner. So things, as things change, the whole dynamic of the marriage just starts to struggle even more you know but like like what you were saying you know when did these pieces come together even recently we really looked and like man we're like more than soulmates you know and like my spirit man showing me that you're just not soulmates your wife was created for you he's like Mm. i needed how your dad was i needed the faults of your your dad and your mom and everything to make that perfect woman for you and I'm like, that's why when I saw her, I think I, I fell in love with her as soon as I saw her. And I didn't stop looking, you know, and even though she turned me down at the party, I was still like, where's your sister? Where's your sister? What? You know, and recently we went to visit our mothers. Our in, mother's in grave York site in New last, York. This summer? No, yeah, actually, this summer. Um, August. Yeah, this three, summer. four months ago. And we all, we all went down there for a reunion and took the kids and everything. And... We didn't know where the grave sites were because we hadn't been there in years. So we went to the um, directory to go look and see where they were located. Mm -hmm. And it shows the day of the burials. And we did not know this, Mm -hmm. but his mom was buried January 16th, 1979. Mm -hmm. My mom was buried January 16th, 1980. One year apart. Like one year apart. And they're buried like two minutes away from each other. Same cemetery. Like... The first time we went, the vegetation wasn't growing up as much. I could see her at her mother's plot from where I was standing at my mother's plot. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, you know, and then we, not know we saw that connection. And then I didn't even know my mother's birthday. I'm terrible with birthdays. And, and then she's like, oh, your mother's a Virgo like me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, it says September. I'm After like, 30 oh. years, I just found out his mother's birthday was yeah. um, September 1st. So I'm like, oh, my like, oh. You know, first September 9th, I think it's September 9th, first. And yeah, first. And then her father and my father. Their birthdays are two days apart in November. Yeah. yeah. So it's just just a lot of connection, just a lot of connection. Yeah. And I feel the same way with Todd. I feel like this is my soulmate, no matter what we've been through. We've been through a lot, which makes it even better in a way, because it really shows that we really, truly can now stand the test of time. Mm hmm. You know, and that's why even now we want to start helping other couples do the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, we we just spoke from the heart. We, we I, I I didn't want to have anything pre-written, scripted. I really just wanted I wanted to speak from my heart. And we're actually planning a formal big wedding. You know, for the, maybe in a, like a year or so. Because we didn't even tell them that we kind of 
after all these years, what five years we've been waiting to be remarried again. And mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of getting like, okay, God, five years. You know, when are we gonna get remarried again? I mean, you know me. He's like, well, I know you, but I want to make sure that everything is right. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand. I, I want to make sure that we're right too, because like I said, those remnants were still kind of creeping in and out. And you know, finally, we had got to a place where. We really, we really could feel the healing going on, and we could see it around us. Even our kids were like, "You guys are so much happier!" Like, I feel I'm so happy for you guys, mom and dad. And I could feel it. The energy in the house is better, and the、mm-hmm. way you guys act, you guys are still you get playful. And so our our mentor was like, "What are you guys waiting for?" And we were kind of like, there was some business stuff. Yeah, know, there was some business little, little stuff. Home purchase and stuff that we were holding off. But all him, in all, I'm like, why? Why are we gonna let man and society dictate our marriage? I'm like, you know what?、Right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And literally, I kid you not, we planned our wedding in seven days. And so、yeah. we were like, okay.、Yeah. I mean, I, we went to the stores. We went and got the dresses. We went and got the suits. You know, I made bouquets. We had our reception right here. There's a lake here in our neighborhood, and we got married right in front of the lake on a beautiful、cool. September morning. And you talk about the right counseling. We ended up having a infidelity specialist, Kasadi Perfo. He's an infidelity specialist, and somebody close to us. Ended up going into an affair, and then they told us about him, and we were like, "Oh yeah, all right, we'll check him out." And he ends up becoming the one that actually marries us. Yeah, I mean, and and literally, I guess the devil knows. He's like, "Oh my goodness, they're getting it together again." And <laughs> literally, like before our intensive counseling session, I was like, "That's it." I'm like, I, which I, was I, the beginning of this year, yeah, January. Yeah. We had our intensive this、mm-hmm. year counseling, and、session. I was ready to give up, and. I even、um, call, text Hassani and ask them, you know, please respect my wishes, you know, and not to contact with me. And she's on the phone talking to him. The next thing she, I know, she's telling me that as she's speaking to him, I'm texting him.、Uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't mind working with me, I would like to, you know, because I knew, you know, it, it was there was a lot coming down the pipelines where it's like, okay. You got to make this work, and I guess like with the fear of what if it doesn't work? You know, what if she leaves me again? You know, what if she just wants to be with me and then have her thing on the side? You know, all, all of those things the enemy tries to play with your mind to make you think you can't do it. You know, and when we went through that intensive, we discovered even more. Oh yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm like, why couldn't we have this 15 years ago? You know, but I guess it's all in God's timing because. If we didn't have it, we, we wouldn't have the testimony to go through、mm-hmm. to give people hope that you, you you can you know. Well, we were assigned to write these le- these letters of forgiveness during this program that Hassani、okay. had. Okay, give me the tissue. And <laughs> don't don't make me cry now. We were so Hassani said, "I want you to write these letters, and and it's about you know telling about yourself." And he never like really explained in detail, just basically you know letting it all out. And he gave us hours to write these letters, and then we came back and we had to read them. And Todd read his first, and I mean, within two minutes, we were all like boohooing in there. I mean, there was tears and wet carpet everywhere, and <laughs> wet, carpet. Yeah, wet carpet. And he just he just spoke from his heart, and I really felt the realness that I needed, you know. And then when it was my turn, 
you know, I did the same thing. But the one thing that was said in there that was, I guess, explosive for Todd was that I owned up to my infidelity. And I said, I am truly, truly sorry for doing what I did. And I accept my own truth. I accept who I am. I accept what I did. Mm-hmm. And he bawled. He said, I've been waiting five, four or five years for you to admit, not because of what you, I did, but because of what you did. And I didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah, I was crying like a baby. Like it impacted him like that. You know, I didn't realize how necessary that was for me, excuse me, for me to accept my faults. Mm-hmm. And it actually made me feel good because I finally felt, you know, like uh, I, I felt like I was mm-hmm. opening up to my truth. Mm-hmm. How much um, do you all share with your kids or did you like over time about everything that was going on? Like when they were saying, mom, you're snapping, did they know anything? Mm-hmm. They, they didn't know about the New York thing at that time. Was that prior? No, you know what? When you were, were, yeah, because the kids were older then, because they knew about the New York stuff. Brittany did. Our daughter. Papa knew too, because our daughter would share with our son. You know, he was, because he was younger when that happened. But over the course of the year, she would share back and forth with him. So they knew. And we were a mess. I I mean, we were a hot mess. Yeah, they were part of it. We weren't um, volatile in our household, but they knew it wasn't a happy household. So they knew that we were going through these things and we would share every now and then. Mm-hmm. And Alicia's very expressive, you know, typically, the, you know, the women are much more emotional and expressive. So she would share things more with them. I, I didn't share as much. So throughout the course of 10 years into the marriage, when we moved out to, to Atlanta to now, they did know a little bit more of what was going on because they're young adults now. Mm-hmm. You know, our daughter's 29 and our son is 24. So we can speak to them. And obviously when I moved out, you know, I'm like, I'm moving out, you know, so they knew all those things. My son would come with his girlfriend and visit me. And so they, you know, they knew and they were never, they were never happy. Of course, kids are usually never happy about the divorce and the separation. Well, I, I guess it all depends on Remember what on I how, said, that's how, my husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll always you be know, my husband. Yeah. And, and, and people, people have always told us to, you know, something in spiritually, you guys, you guys are married. You, you guys have never really parted right you know so i would say 31 years of marriage because you know everybody well not everybody but you know couples have their their downtimes you know where they separate and they continue you know we separated and we'll continue you know Mm -hmm. so i would say 30 years of marriage 31 years together Mm -hmm. what are you looking forward to in your marriage well and i'm oh wow I, I, would, I would say bliss. The pastor, Hassani, that married us, he said, how do you feel being married again? And I said, wow. It's just an incredible feeling because it's not about the marriage, it's not about the wedding, but it's about the covenant, the covenant that I have with God, me, and, and Todd. And I feel now, I feel like marriage is really a gift. It really is a gift that you get from God. And if you don't take care of it. Yeah, you feel complete. But, you know, for me, what it looks like at 50 is being able to give other couples hope. 
mm-hmm. you know, and especially when they've been through bad things to know, you know, that's that's not the breaker. You know, you're making it the breaker. That situation is not what breaks you. You two break each other. We right. we break each other. We say I can't do it. Yes, you can. You just don't want to do it. We broke each other and we're still back. We're still back yeah. here. You know, yeah. so I agree with Todd, you know, 10, 20 years from now, my my desire is to truly um, be able to help couples from their beginning and their middle and their end mm-hmm. because there's always a journey throughout the whole process of marriage. And to share with them, you know, the mistakes that we've made and that you don't have to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hurt the way we hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, you can truly have a successful marriage. If you married that person in the beginning and you married them with truth and with a decency, then, you know, you can definitely succeed. And, you, and yeah, you can continue and you can have not only just a marriage, but you can really have just a really, really whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not take it for granted. Excuse me, not take it for granted, you know, because the truth of the matter is, why do you stop dating when you get married? Why do you stop holding hands? Why do you stop saying I love you? Mm-hmm. Why do you stop saying I, you look beautiful? You know, people just get settled into, you know, just things of nonsense, even like like sport, um, sport addicts, you know, people that are addicted to these sports. I'm like. That team doesn't care about your marriage. Mm-hmm. You're going to give up every Sunday and push your family to the side. <laughs> yeah, for them. And they don't even know you. They don't care about you. You know, like one time my cousin called me up. Oh, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. I said, no, they're going to the Super Bowl. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, he's like, thanks. You ruined my day. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, but that's the truth of the matter. And people get sidetracked with all of these things that give nothing in return. It's about balance. Your marriage should always be about balance. You know, you can, I think you definitely should be, you definitely should have individuality, you know, have your own um, agenda, your mm-hmm. own, you know, your own uh, side thing, you know, your but purpose. your own purpose, definitely your own purpose. But then you got to come together and you got to be a couple. You have to learn to be a couple. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, what ratio is to what, but they just always should be a, a level of balance. The make it work ratio. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where it make it work ratio. Yeah, right. Make it work ratio. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, as as you know, going to the future, there's there's a lot of new things. Like right now, we want to write books. We went from godless. Yeah, we have books coming, but we went from godless to now we're the leaders of a of, matter of fact we're the directors in our church at legacy church with Hassani of the over the entire marriage ministry and we're the um the leaders of a project of a project that he has called moving forward which revolves around infidelity recovery mm-hmm. and he's like there's nobody there's nobody better that i know than you two to take over that because of the transparency. You know, too many people are willing to hide behind their problems because they don't want to help anybody. You know, it's all about them. And I'm like, we didn't go through all of this for us just to keep it all locked up and not let people know that, you know, you could get through this. You know how many people have one infidelity? One? And don't survive. I, I, I can't take it. I'm out. I'm, really? Then what did, what did you have? Why Why did you even get married if, if one major obstacle is going to topple you? That's that's all it takes. 
And infidelity is not acceptable no. at all. No, but it shouldn't be toppling a marriage. So basically, okay, you lost your job. I'm out. Right. The kids are giving us problems. I'm out. I'm out. I wanted a boy. You had a girl. I'm out. Why? <laughs> you know? Don't no, be. it's really true. You know? It's true, yeah. Every little thing is uh, an argument or a reason to just flee, mm-hmm. you know? And... I mean, you see, I even we I even left a few times. We were good at that, yeah. Yeah, we were good at that. Yeah. We were good at ripping and running. Running. And no more running. Ricochet rabbit. Go on. Society has taught men, going back to the society thing, society has taught men that that doesn't happen to men. The women don't do the cheating. You do the cheating. So when it happens to the man... Now the man really wants to close up. He don't want to let his homeboys and the people out there know that his wife wasn't um, faithful to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, what kind of man are you? Oh, you gonna stay with her? Oh, you gonna take that? Oh, if I was you, you know. And I, I thank God that I'm that I'm that I am the person that I am because I didn't have to deal with that, you know. Because my friends, my male friends respect me, and I think other men that come across me are like, mm, I might, might not want to say that to him. <laughs> you know, so people have held their tongue. So I haven't, I haven't had to deal with that that part. Now I know behind the door they're talking. I'm not, I'm not silly, yeah. you know. But I don't care about that because there's a bigger purpose in our life than what people think, you know. Because there's, there's gonna be people that's gonna watch this and be gonna be like, stupid number one, stupid number two, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah. But you know what? That, it's not that about person us. back there saying that. You go ahead and be miserable in your marriage because you're not going to open up and you're not going to accept any 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 growth coming from somebody else's experience because you're too busy casting judgment. So, hey, you know, if that's the life you want to live, go ahead. Get divorced. One, two, three, four. I know people on seven marriages. Oh, yeah. Set one person yeah, seven one times. one person, seven marriages, and he's only like 34. That's, that's even more. You know, so... <laughs> You're not learning. You're not learning, you know, like what Hassani told us one one day. He said, there's always a common denominator in every marriage. And you're the common denominator. But if I'm so busy looking at her faults, how how am I fixing me? You know, and if she's so busy looking at me, how is she fixing her? And that's what took us a long time to overcome because we were too busy looking at each other, go crossing the line. Especially me, I was always like, "Well, you, you, how many times did you do this?" You know, uh, and you know, not being able to get to get grips of you know what I've done, and I finally had to look at myself. There was a you know, I have a whole everybody has selfies on their phone. I had this selfie on my phone when I was at one of my lows, and I remember looking at this picture of myself, and I was, you could see the misery in that photo. And, you know, I would look at it and, and like, as I was talking to another person, I was like, I promise you, I'll never hurt you again. You know, mm-hmm. I had to, I, I had to take care of me, you know, instead of worrying about him all the time. And that's what kind of changed us. It was me being able to identify the areas that yeah. Alicia needed change. It's like it's like manning up, you know, mm-hmm. you got to man up, you know, and like I said earlier, but well, she said when I was reading, I started crying. I'm like. Yeah, I cry. So what? If y'all guys out there can't handle that, that's your business. But when she started reading her thing, I mean, I was, I was, then I was really crying. Like, I'm almost getting the the stats coming out crying. That hard, you know, that hard cry. I'm, I'm like, man, I didn't know that I needed that so much, you know. And 
the new wedding. You know, the first wedding, I didn't shed a tear. Oh, yeah. You know, I couldn't care less if I got married in a church or not, just as a piece, because I, I- We were young, yeah, we- I was young and I wasn't God, a God-fearing person. And when she got out the car, you know, by the time she took a couple of steps, I was already with the hanky, you know, I'm, I'm starting to tear already. I'm, I'm like, man, and you know, to see it this time around with our kids, like what I was saying before with the, with our kids part of it, I just, I couldn't hold it. I couldn't hold it in. I think we had eight people there. It was just our kids and the pastor and I think three of our closest friends. It was just extremely special. Yeah. No matter how small it was, it was mm -hmm. extremely special. Yeah, it was really intimate.